Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. So at this time, we're gonna, I want to welcome up my wife, and I'm so excited that she came to me. I didn't have to twist her arm, Rick, too much. But she came to me and just had a word she felt like that the Lord had put on her heart. And um, I think we're going to be blessed today. Would you welcome my wife, Candy? Maybe being a wife sucks too. I don't know. <laughs> Depends who you're married to. <laughs> there you go, Josh. You said it. Good morning, everybody. I'm hoping my voice holds out. As you could tell during worship, I've had some allergies this week. (laughs) So it's um, a little scratchy. Um, Sorry, the air is blowing on me and it's freezing. Um, Anyway, I just wanted to um, take Mother's Day in particular to take this opportunity to share and encourage in particular the moms. Um, But I believe there's a message here for everybody today. I think each and every person here um, would be encouraged if we allow God to speak to us today um, where we're at. But as a mom, that's where I'm at. Um, that's where I can speak to right now. And But it, it doesn't matter what circle I'm in. It doesn't um, matter if I'm in the church circle, if I'm at homeschool co-op, if I'm um, back when I used to work. Um, I hear the same thing from moms. Moms are afraid that they're not doing enough. They're afraid that their kids hate them. They're afraid that they're doing it wrong. They're afraid that they're not balancing work and home or kids and home or kids and spiritual life or kids and spouse. Um, If their kids are grown, they feel like, well, did I do enough? You know, are my kids successful enough? Um, Do I have a good relationship with my kids? You know, there's always the, did I do enough? Um, but there's this culture forced comparison. You know, it starts, I, I feel like in middle school or even younger now. When I was in middle school, it was all about who had the coolest kids and Jan Sport backpack or LL Bean and backpack. But now it seems so much worse. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful my kids are sheltered from some of it because of being homeschooled. But it doesn't really change um, this culture forced comparison. You know, we view ourselves through the eyes of other people. Um, it, I think so much of it is worse now due to social media. You know, we see somebody else's perfect home. We see their perfectly cooked, healthy dinner. Um, we see their perfectly matched family photos. Um, we see craft time or nature walks. You know, we see the perfect example of all of the things that we can't quite measure up to. You know, we see um, what we want our life to look like. We see. We see our, the home, we see the wife and the mother duties, we see jobs, we see, but what we don't realize is that they're only showing the high points. <clears throat> but, you know, I look at it and I say, well, I want my house to look like this, and I want my hair to look like this person's, and I want my kids to act like this person's, but I want my marriage to be like this person's, you know, and we cherry pick. We go through and we pick and pick and pick and say, well, if I could pick all of the perfect things out of all these people's lives, this is what I want my life to be like. But the enemy uses these things to attack us and how we see ourselves, how we see our identity. 
Theodore Roosevelt said that comparison is the thief of joy. And if we allow the enemy to steal our joy by comparison, it it attacks who we are. A number of years ago, I was riding with a good friend of mine to a women's conference. Along the way, she confided in me that she was failing as a mom. Now, I knew her. She was one of my best friends. I'd known her for years. Our kids grew up together. And she was a great mom. So I knew this wasn't the case. But she went on to tell me that she didn't have, uh, her kids weren't making good grades, that her marriage was struggling, that she didn't have good quality time with her family. She didn't make good dinners after working a long day. And she wasn't keeping her house clean, and so on, and so on, and so on. She had this laundry list of reasons that she was failing as a mother. But after each way that she was failing, she compared it to someone she saw on Facebook, how their kids had gotten straight A's, how their kids had won an award, how they had craft time together, how she had seen all these things posted about this, this, these crafts they were doing, and how she never did that with her kids how they had posted pictures on this perfectly designed and organized house. But comparison was killing her. It was killing her. By the time we had this conversation in the car, she was struggling with depression over who she was as a mom. The enemy had come in and was attacking who she was with lies of what he wanted her to believe. And she was really starting to believe it. And she was starting to not even want to try anymore. What she forgot and what we forget is that social media in particular can't display the realities of the struggles of day to day. I mean, who's going to post that? Who's going to post their burned dinner, a picture of it on Facebook? And who's going to post about you know this horrible fight they had with their with their spouse? Well, I guess some people do, but mo- mo- most people don't. <laughs> you know, I saw a meme recently that said, "Behind every mom's perfect picture is a pile of junk they pushed out of the way." You know, and and that's definitely true. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm trying to get a picture of my kids, and I'm trying to get the just the right angle so they get, don't see all of the stuff in my house. <laughs> And that's really hard to get. (laughs) So, you know, it it is. It's so true. We as humans and as Christians, we only want to show what's perfect, what's working, what we've got together. So no one realizes that we struggle. We aren't vulnerable with each other. We don't want to share when life is hard. We don't want to share what our weaknesses are. So we hide them. We're ashamed of them. And we think that we're the only ones that have them. Am I right? I think that's what always drives me crazy when somebody calls me super mom. And I get that a lot for some reason. And I don't know if it's because I have a lot of littles or if because I'm a foster mom. But I do. I get get called super mom a lot. But I know I'm kind of a hot mess mom. (laughs) And I'm a surviving one day at a time mom. And I didn't get a shower today, kind of mom. Well, not today. Uh, Actually, today. (laughs) But plenty of days for sure. You know, I'm I'm a mom that I just, 
I'm getting it through, getting through one day at a time. You know? But I think, you know, sometimes people say, oh, she looks like she's got it together. But it's because we, we like to make it look like we've got it together. And we don't like to share in our struggles. But as the body of Christ, we need to share in that vulnerability. Because when we do, God is the one who gets to show off in our weakness. And others need to see that we don't have it together. And we aren't going to be know-it-alls like Rick talked about last week and act like we do either. <laughs> Second Corinthians 12.9 says, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. So when we share these common experiences, when we share these vulnerabilities, when we share our struggles with each other, not only are we vulnerable, but we know that we're not alone. You know, we know that it's okay to get up and keep doing that next right thing because we don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to hide. We can share with each other what we have going on and we can pray for each other and we can be with each other. We can be what the body of Christ is intended to be. So as a mom in particular, from my experience, but I know, you know, just from knowing all of you that we juggle a lot of plates and wear a lot of hats. But for me, you know, it makes my life seem stretched even more thin and things slip through the cracks sometimes. You know, for me, I'm trying to balance just being a good mom, loving on my kids, giving them a nurturing environment, you know, feeding them three meals a day and like 12 snacks. I don't know why they always have to eat. But, you know, I'm homeschooling. I have doctor and therapy appointments, appointments with caseworkers. And then I have church and worship team responsibilities and home responsibilities. And if you know me for just a little while, you know I am not the most organized person. <laughs> so I really struggle to keep things from slipping through the cracks. I'm awful about not thinking about dinner plans until too close to dinner to make something worthwhile. And I am definitely way more cluttered than Michael wishes I was. And there is usually lots of laundry that needs to be done. Just ask Rick and Susan. So, <laughs> so last Christmas, after the Christmas party, we, um, we had been chatting with Chris, Rick and Susan, and everybody was wrapping up and closing up the Christmas party, and we lived just around the corner from where we had the Christmas party at at New Harvest Park. So we're like, hey, why don't you guys come over? We'll keep talking, we'll have some coffee, and we'll hang out. What I forgot is that I had been doing lots of laundry. Now, granted, our washing machine had been broken for a while and we had just gotten it fixed. So I had been doing playing a little catch up, but I had not been playing catch up on folding said laundry. So Rick and Susan get to the house <laughs> and there is nowhere to sit. Literally, literally nowhere to sit. The the couch, the love seat, the chair, and the ottoman are piled with clean laundry. Like, piled with clean laundry. So, they proceed to fold their way to a place to sit. <laughs> so, just to share with you some of my faults, some of my faults. Now, I jokingly say when my laundry piles start to get a little too high, I'm gonna ask Rick and Susan to come over. <laughs> <laughs> to help me fold my laundry. But 
these strengths and, and failures, they can be, begin to define us. You know, I know that I have them. We see, you know, that we have them in, in ourselves, but we don't see them in other people. You know, I see you guys and I see your strengths. You know, I see the things in you that I love, the things in you that I want to be like. Um, but when you see yourselves, when you look in the mirror, that's not usually what you see. You see the things that you don't like. You see the things that disappoint you. Um, so these strengths and failures, they begin to define us. You know, on Wednesday nights, we've been talking about our personality types. David Z, he mentioned that the Wednesday night study was the first time some of the traits of his personality had ever been viewed or taught in a positive light. And I'm in agreement with that. I think, you know, I think some of the things that I have always considered my faults and where I am lacking in comparison to others is who God created me to be. Now, did God create me to not do laundry? No, but did he create me to be a more laid back, easygoing type person? Did he create me to be more nurturing over more task oriented? Yes. So does that mean that I don't have to work on things or to have expectations of myself? No, but it does mean that I can find joy in my strengths instead of finding disappointment in my lack. And so I think so much, that's what we need to strive towards, is finding those that joy, that joy in our strength, and stop finding that, dis, that disappointment, stop looking at our weaknesses. You know, the Bible says, and we all know this first, the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. In Psalm 139, 14, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. In Isaiah 64, 8, it says, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. So he made you, and he made you, and he made you, and he made me. He made us the way that we are, not just our bodies. He made our personalities. He made our minds. So he made us the way that we are for a purpose. So as that verse declared, God created us as individuals, not made the same. And for that, I'm very grateful. So he made us unique with those different temperaments, the different strengths and our different weaknesses. And we have unique talents and those talents are in us for those unique purposes. In Psalm 57, 2, it says, I cry out to God, most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. And in Ephesians 2, 10, it says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So in those verses, it talks about God's purpose for us. He didn't just create us different just because he liked different people, but he created us with these different temperaments for a purpose, for a calling, for a reason. So when we look at ourselves and say, well, I don't like this about me, that's who God intended for you to be. Let's just think on that a moment. When I say, well, I, you know, I don't, I don't like myself. I want to be like Mary. Well, but, but God wanted me to be Candy, and God wanted Mary to be Mary. 
No, God has a call for me, and he has a different call for Mary. So when we want to, if, if everybody was the same, then everyone would have the same purpose. So I think when we want to look around and be like everyone else, we don't realize we're, we're missing what God has for us. The author Bob Goff says, we won't be distracted by comparison if we are captivated with purpose. You think on that. So we're talking about comparison today. But if we're captivated by our own purpose, we won't be distracted by comparing what's around us. <clears throat> And Rick Warren says that the Bible, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ came to do three things. He came to forgive our past, to give us a purpose for living, and a home in heaven. So out of the three things he gave us, forgiveness, a purpose, and a home in heaven. So our reason here is our, it's our purpose. So but we're so caught up, and if we are enough— Enough for our family? Are we good-looking enough? Are we smart enough? Are we rich enough? Whatever enough. That we forget that Jesus was already enough. He was enough for all of it. You know, we need to stop looking around, and we need to start looking up. Because He is where our purpose is. If things are hard with our kids, we need to look up. If our marriage is struggling, we need to look up. If we have health problems, finances, job issues, we need to look up. Because we're not going to find the answers by seeing if somebody else has it. He is the only one with the answers for what we need. The only one. And he's not trying to keep it from you. As Rick spoke about a few weeks ago, we need to find our identity in Christ. We need to allow him to show us who we are and not try to find that through other people. In 1 Chronicles 16.11, it says, Look to the Lord in, and his strength. Seek his face always. We must find our peace and our rest in him. And we can allow him to use our strengths and to even be made strong in our weakness. John 16, 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. For in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. My last verse in closing is Psalm 73, 26. And it says, my flesh and my heart may fail. But God, he is the strength of my heart and he is my portion forever. So we just, we can't rely on ourselves. We can't rely on our bodies. We can't rely on our own minds. But as before, as before when are we going to stop looking around? When are we going to stop looking, looking to see? When are we going to stop comparing? And when are we going to start looking up for the answer? Because he is here today and he has the answers. 
He has the answers to what you're going through. He has the answers. He has the peace. He has the freedom that you need. In closing, would you guys bow your heads with me and would you close your eyes as we pray together? Before we leave this place today, I just wanted to take an opportunity just to pray with anyone who has been struggling with feeling beaten down with comparison. The voice of the enemy has been telling you that you are not enough. If when you look around at other people, or if you look around on social media, if you are filled with sadness or dread, or unworth. That is not who you are. As a child of God, He speaks life and purpose and destiny over you. And He is calling you to look up this morning. If this morning you felt the Lord tugging on your heart to look up, to look up to Him instead of looking around, would you just raise your hand so I can pray with you this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we just pray right now, Lord, over everyone who is struggling with comparison, over everyone who is struggling with looking around instead of looking up to you this morning. Lord, we pray that we can all fix our eyes on you. We pray that we can fix our eyes on you. Lord, you are the one with the answers. You are the one with the answers, Jesus. Lord, we just pray that you would just begin to break off the lies of the enemy that are telling us that we are not enough. Lord, that you would just begin to speak truth in this place, that you would just begin to speak truth. Lord, that we are children of God and that you already are enough, that you already, when you paid the price on the cross, that you already were enough for all of it. Lord, we thank you for what you have done and we thank you for what you are doing in this place. We thank you for the life that you bring. And we ask that it is we leave this place that you just begin to continue to speak truth and life. And we come against the lies of the enemy. We thank you for who you are, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Just appreciate you sharing so much. I know that wasn't easy for her as an introvert uh, to come up and share something that the Lord's put on her heart. Um, how many of you know, I feel like the Lord has been saying the same thing over and over to us uh, in this house as far as from effortless Christianity to understanding there is a, a rhythm that we find in sync in God's grace. And there's things that come easy for us that we find as passions that we're, we can naturally do, we don't have to force ourselves to. And there's others that the Lord wants us to choose to do because that's our role, our responsibility, and we can choose to take great delight in those things. It may not be the things that we wanna do that we wake up just passionate about, but we realize that we can choose to delight in Him in all things, the things that He's put in our heart and the things that He's also just put in our lives. And those sometimes are two distinct things. But I'm so encouraged because I think that as we look, we look to one place, we look to the Lord. 
We look to the prize. We look to the author and finisher of our faith. You're not it. You didn't start the faith that is inside my heart. So me comparing myself to someone else isn't necessarily going to help me unless I'm using that as iron to sharpen iron, unless I'm using that to encourage instead of discourage. And that's what I heard today. That's what I was so encouraged with from Candy sharing this morning. How many of you were encouraged this morning? Amen. Amen. Let's encourage Candy again.